If you got your Bible this morning, we're going to look at a verse, uh, uh, a parable Jesus told in Matthew 25. So if you got your Bible, let's go to Matthew 25. It's quite a long passage. We're going to read it all out. It's a, it's a cool story though. And it's found, it starts in verse 14. So Jesus said this, he said, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it proportion in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Verse 19, after a long time, the master returned from his trip and called to them to give an account for how they had used his money. The servant whom he had trusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops that you didn't plant and, and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I'd lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops where I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got some interest from it. Then he ordered, take the money from his servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well, what they're given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there'll, be, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, this is a big story. And again, Jesus told the story to describe what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven, one thing we should glean from it, is always growing, expanding. Yeah. You know, in this season, church hasn't shut down. The kingdom hasn't shut down. In fact, it's moving forward. And we're hearing testimonies of God breaking through in many different areas. And for us, for us, it's to see where God is working. In fact, many people have this mindset that, oh, we just need to hunker down and we just need to hold this thing out until, you know, uh, God comes for His bride and uh, then we go to, go to be with heaven with Him. And, and they've got this evacuation mindset. Uh, but when it comes to yours and my mandate here on earth, it's more about an occupation mindset. Uh, we're here to see God's kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, now many people have heard this parable before, and I'm sure you've heard it focused on the one guy who buried his gift. Now, this guy buried his gift for many different reasons. The first one was he had a wrong perception of God. You know, he saw God as a harsh person. Yeah. 
It's hard to receive uh, from a God that you perceive as being harsh. Uh, that's not the God of heaven. Now, so many people can live saved but still feel unworthy. But the, the fact of the matter is through what Jesus accomplished on the cross, we've been made worthy. We are the righteousness of God. That's good news today. So he had a wrong perception of God. He feared loss. You know, too many people go, well, what if it goes wrong? Well, here's another question. What if it all goes right? You know, too many people, you know, are focused on not doing the wrong thing. But sometimes when we're focused on not doing the wrong thing, we actually miss out on doing the right thing. You know, the other thing about this guy who buried the talent was he was just lazy. Yeah, he was indifferent to what he had received. And as a result, you know, the master called him wicked and lazy. And then, you know, he probably made unhealthy comparisons. One guy got five, another got, got, got two, and he got one. He's going, well, I didn't get what they got. And he probably just made some unhealthy comparisons along the way. But I don't want to focus so much on, on the guy with the one. I want to look at the guys who got five and two. And I want to look at the reward of the good and faithful servants. Um, this parable, you've got to understand, is not very politically correct. You know, if you, you look at it in depth. But this is how the kingdom of God works. Now, 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 let's look at verse 23. It says, The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The question is, what is the reward of faithfulness? It's more responsibilities. Some of you are going, no wonder the guy with one buried his gift. It's not worth it. I'm trying to get rid of responsibility. You know, we live in a culture today where a responsibility is shunned. You know, so many people are trying to avoid responsibility. They're looking to blame somebody else. It's always somebody else's fault. And in fact, many people don't see responsibility as a reward. They see it as a burden. You know, it's like when you growing up, if you ate your vegetables, you got dessert. Uh, that was the reward. Dessert was a reward for eating your vegetables, eating yeah. your mains. You know, in the kingdom of God, your reward for eating vegetables is, guess what? More vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, your, your reward for taking responsibility is more responsibility. The question I want to ask today is, what would it take for us to renew our mind where we would see responsibility as a reward, not a burden? Because many of us, if the truth be known, are trying to avoid it, get rid of it, pass it on to somebody else. But I've discovered the promised land that God has for you and I is a land of responsibility. See, in the wilderness, the children of Israel had everything provided for them. Their shoes didn't wear out. They had food outside their tents in the morning. Some of you getting food outside your door. Who beats? You know, it's happening. You know, everything was provided for them. But in the promised land, they had to go out and get their food. It required them to take responsibility. See, here's the deal. You can die in the wilderness having all your need met. Uh, But the promised land is going from a place where everything's provided for you to being a place where you actually become a provider. See, I found the enemy wants to stop you. He wants to do everything to hinder you getting an overflow. Yeah. And I believe if everybody took responsibility, 
How many know the world would be a better place? Yeah. And I like the thought, one person once said, responsibility is simply a response to our ability. It's a response to our ability. And many people today are holding up their rights. But in the kingdom of God, we don't own anything. In fact, Jesus, well, Paul said, our lives are no longer our own. We're being bought with a price. See, owners have rights, but we're just stewards of what's been given to us. And stewards have responsibility. And there's going to come a point in time where we're going to have to give an account for what has been given to us. So just a couple of questions I wanna ask you is, number one, who are we responsible to? See, I, I found this question is an important question that we all need to answer at some point in time. Because all of us are living for uh, some audience out there. But, but who are ultimately we're gonna to have to give an account to? Who, who's the audience in your head? Uh, a good question is, whose approval are you looking for? Wow. You know, when you speak, who, who are you trying to get their attention? You know, one of the hardest things I've found in life is actually giving yourself the permission to prosper. Yeah, wow. it, it sounds a little bit ridiculous because everybody wants to prosper. But the fact of the matter is we live in a culture that's quite negative towards success. In fact, a lot of people today would have campaigns over how the one, uh, the guy with the one got ripped off by the guy with five. Because in, in the end, the guy with the one, it, what he got, got taken from him and given to the guy who multiplied his five and now had 10. That sounds a little bit unfair. And you'd be surprised today at how many people get annoyed over somebody else's blessing. I found people will always embrace you when you have a hard time, but some people will distance themselves from you when you start doing well. Wow. In fact, I, I, I challenge to say it, ca- it takes courage to be blessed. Wow. And, and, and the permission to prosper happens at a subconscious level. See, we're all in danger of de- developing behavioral patterns that sabotage our success. Wow. Yeah. So a, a lot of people today, they're good at doing bad. Because that's what they've known their whole life. I believe the challenge in life is getting good at doing good. See, many of us get nervous when things start to go well. We get so nervous, we think, oh, something bad is around the corner. Something bad is about to happen. No, no, God wants to bless your life. Uh, God God wants to lead you into His promise. You know, I've found, you know, even some people get reluctant to tell other people about the blessing in their life because they're scared of the reaction. Because none of us want to be rejected. But what we've got to understand, that's a guilt-driven handicap that interferes with God's purpose for our life. Yeah. We can talk to our children about peer pressure, but some of us aren't walking the talk. And some of us, there's roots in our psyche that, that actually abort our ability to move forward. See, I, I believe Church should be a place that gives people the permission to prosper. Yeah, yeah, yeah prosper. Not, not prosperity for selfish motives, but prosperity and blessings so that we can be a blessing to the world around right. us. Good. And we're going to address the poverty mentality that can come in. See, po- a poverty mentality focuses on what you don't have and what you can't do. But I've found heaven celebrates the one. Uh, how heaven celebrates the small. 
Uh, first of all, how do you know whether you have a poverty mentality? First of all, you're thinking this message is for somebody else. Uh, you're thinking, if I grew up in that family, if I had that job, if I had that much time, if I had that talent, if I had her voice, you know, if I had that school, if I had those opportunities, look at those, they just fell in his lap. If I lived there, if I started with that much money, no wonder they're ahead. If I had those contacts, if I married him, if I married her. Now, do you know what all those things focus on? They focus on lack. Rather than taking responsibility for what God's put in your hand. And ultimately, we're accountable uh, to God for what's in our hand. In fact, Joyce Meyer, she said something really great. She said, if you try and please people, you'll never please God. Uh, But if you please God, you'll end up pleasing people. Yeah, you know, who are you responsible to? Yeah, you know, and in the end, we're responsible to God. And we're not responsible for what we don't have. We're responsible for what God's placed in our hand. The second question we need to ask is, what are we responsible for? Again, it's not what you don't have. It's what you're doing with what you have. Wow. Yeah. You know, in fact, I've found whatever you take responsibility for, you gain rulership over. Mm-hmm. You know, there's many things we try to avoid, ignore. Barry, but how many know a lot of things don't go away? Yeah. Uh, I've found in life you either rule it or it rules you. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it can. If you don't take responsibility for your health, ultimately your health will determine where and where you don't go. Yeah, you know, your calendar. A lot of people go, oh, I'm too busy, I don't have time. Well, we have a lot of time now. We're in isolation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but when we get out of isolation and the calendar gets full, you know, some of us need to actually make some adjustments because our calendar is running our life instead of us running our calendar. So many people go, oh, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. No, you set your calendar and you have no right to complain about what you permit. And in the end, we've got to make decisions and God's empowered us to make decisions on how we, t- how we live our life. You know, we've only been given a certain amount of time. And the Bible says in Psalm 90 verse 12 that we're to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Yes. If you want yes. wisdom, you know, let's make the most of what's been given to us. Okay. Uh, one thing in life, nothing's certain. We've got to make sure that we're making decisions in line with God's purpose. You know, when it comes to our finance, you know, so many people, you know, oh, they, they get in financial trouble simply because they ignore it. In fact, some people swipe their cards and go, please, God, please, let it be approved. Because they don't know what's going on. But we've got to take responsibility for our finance. We've got to take responsibility for the people who speak into our lives. You see, I found many people today, they want to be spoon-fed. And I found a lot of people like living in the wilderness. In fact, this world sells us a wilderness mentality. A lot of people buy into hook, line, and sinker. It's like, instead of you know, I, I, being a provider, I want everything provided for me. You know, I, I want answers to come my way. See, the difference between the wilderness and the promised land, in the promised land, uh, in the wilderness, you've, you found answers, but in the promised land, you become the answer. Uh, see, there, there's a difference. Yeah. And, and in the wilderness, everything's provided for you. And, and in the promised land, you become the provider. Yeah. 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 And, and a lot of people today actually, actually miss out on the promise of God simply because they're waiting 
for everything just to drop from heaven into their lap. But God's given us everything that we need. Yes, it may be one talent, but if if you take responsibility for that one talent, that will multiply. And it has the power and the ability to influence people around you. You know, the third question I want to ask today is, is how do we increase our appetite for responsibility? That sounds a little bit crazy because that's like saying, I want to increase my, my appetite for Brussels sprouts. Why would anybody do that? Again, what would it take for us to renew our mind where we saw responsibility as a, a, a blessing, a reward, not a burden? See, one thing we've got to realize is that with every blessing comes responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my first car I got, man, that was a blessing. It was a Morris Minor 1000. It was a blessing until I had to put gas in it. <laughs> you know, it cost me something there. Yeah, the blessing of a car. I had my own independence and different things, but I had to pay for it. And there was times it actually broke down and we ended up having to push it. It was my responsibility. It was a blessing. I had independence. I could go anywhere, anywhere, but but it also came with responsibility. How many know kids are a blessing from God? But they certainly don't feel like it at 2 a.m. in the morning. And and there's a responsibility. It's not like you can give them back. You know, it's like they're yours and you've got to take responsibility for that gift that's been entrusted to you. And with every, every blessing, there's responsibility attached. And we've got to see that in life. You know, we've just got to settle in our hearts that everything requires maintenance. Even my low-maintenance garden requires weeding. It's meant to be a low-maintenance garden. <laughs> but somehow those weeds always come through. And, and everything that God gives us in life requires maintenance. Yeah, see, I found most people are in love with the image of success. Because wow. success looks good on somebody else. But the truth is, it would kill us because we couldn't maintain it. We couldn't handle it. And and what we've got to do is we've got to increase our appetites for responsibility. See, God won't give you anything if you can't handle it. He distributed the gifts according to their ability. I wonder if you and I could increase our ability by taking responsibility for what we have. See, immaturity. In its essence, immaturity wants the blessing without the responsibility. Immaturity wants everything provided for them and done for them. Immaturity doesn't doesn't understand the the full cost. I've got three daughters. They live in my home. They don't understand what it costs to run a home. You know, they open the fridge and they just expect food to be there. And if they don't, they just inform you that they're hungry. (laughs) You know, they expect, you know, when they switch on the light, that the light's going to turn on. They don't understand that there's actually a power bill. Yeah, and immaturity doesn't understand the full cost of something. They, they want the blessing without the, uh, without the responsibility. I wonder, you know, in all of us, whether we could grow up a little bit and say, man, man, I, I want to pursue the blessing of God, but that's going to require me to take responsibility. Yeah. You know, we just celebrated Anzac Day. What's that a celebration of? A whole lot of people who took responsibility not just for themselves, but the freedom of the generations to come. See, we've got to go beyond just taking responsibility for our own life. We've got to look at taking responsibility for a city, a nation. See, we have the ability to form and shape 
the cities that we live in. And I believe when Christians and believers understand that, is then and there we can, uh, we can speak with authority when it comes to, to, to declaring a message of love and hope. Yeah. Uh, it's as we take responsibility, not just for our own attitudes, but we actually reach out and, and we, we love on people to a place where it actually changes the way they think about things. Yeah. Uh, what are you taking responsibility for? Or right now, what, what are you trying to, are you just ignoring? You're hoping it's going to go away. One thing I found is, is things don't solve themselves. In fact, there's many people today, you know these things that you've got to deal with, but you're procrastinating. You know, there's a lot, a lot of us, we, we procrastinate. And, and procrastination is thinking, oh, there's going to be an easier way to do this. But I, I've found some things you just need to look in the eye and just say, hey, I'm prepared to count the cost because I need to, I need to address this issue in my life. See, if we can understand, number one, we're responsible to God. Number two, why aren't you responsible for what He's put in our hand? And if we can grow what's in our hand and, and, and develop our appetite for responsibility, I believe that in the end of our days, we'll hear, well done, good and faithful servants. They're words that you want to hear. Well done, not good and famous servant. Is well done, good and faithful servant. So many people today just want to be famous. But in the end, the greatest goal of a Christian is to be faithful. And I believe when you're faithful, that encompasses being fruitful. So let's be fruitful in our endeavors. And we do that by taking responsibility. Keep